Welcome to Vibrant Life Allies, the podcast that introduces you to coaches, entrepreneurs, and other experts who can help you live life more vibrantly. I'm your host, Lisa the Life Coach, an anxiety coach for women with anxiety, perfectionism, and imposter syndrome. Today, I had a fabulous interview with Coach Dean Brown. He's a coach for spiritually driven professional men. But we really, you know, we talked about a lot of things to do with men and and the different issues that face them, you know, their careers, their family life, including marriage and parenting, you know, as as well as, you know, all the different pressures they have on them in society and and how they're taught to to manage their their mindset or their emotions and coach dean has a lot of experience with the everything from becoming a coach himself to having his own experiences with suicide so you know it was just amazing to to hear from him and the things that he's been through but also you know the things he's learned and and how he coaches men and helps them to overcome the different mindset issues that are causing them pain and and suffering and things like, you know, struggling with suicide or, or, you know, struggling with thinking that their marriage is falling apart or how they connect with their children. And, you know, we also talked about the, the women involved and the support and the connection that there is there. So a lot to learn for for everyone from this episode. I, I really enjoyed it and I know you will too. So check it out. And if what Coach Dean says connects for you resonates with you please reach out to him i know that that would be a great experience for your life and and help you live the life that you want so enjoy the episode and enjoy the day and just get out there and live vibrantly Hello, and welcome to Vibrant Life Allies. I'm your host, Lisa, the Life Coach, and I have a fantastic guest for you to meet today, and I will let him introduce himself. Thank you so much for that introduction, Lisa. That leaves me open to to say about anything that I want to say, and I'm very, very happy to be here. We had a great chat before we got the show started, and uh, I've noticed that uh, you're in a place that has better weather than me. You're in the panhandle of Florida, and we're just getting started on spring here in Canada, but I do have the great, beautiful option of having a, a nearby park that I can go to and, and have an opportunity to get immersed in nature, even though we all work from home right now. And speaking of working from home, I'm also a life coach. I'm a holistic life coach. I help uh, professional dads earn more, work less, and have fun while they're doing it. And I, I'm specifically or particularly interested in helping men with their mental health, their, their mindset and keeping them from trying to hurt themselves or harm themselves without even knowing it, or even worse, purposefully. I'm a two-time suicide survivor, and I found out that you are also in a place where suicide has touched your life. That's you know a powerful thing for everybody to be aware of, that it is, as much as we don't like to talk about it, it is a, it is a fact of life for many, many people. And I just like to keep positive about it, keep people aware that, that you know life is a wonderful, beautiful thing if you choose for it to be that way. Right, absolutely. And, you know, A lot of the listeners, I'm sure, are men. And then we have coaches who work with men. And, you know, we all have men in our lives that we, I would think, love. I guess we can't, I can't say we all do. We might not all. Um, (laughs) But, you know, so having you here, even though I don't normally talk about very, I would say, very deep into things, I think, you know, suicide, especially among men, is very common and it's very it's sad so it's good to know that 
you know, there are people out there who have survived that and can can help others. It was a, a real lesson for me. Uh, uh, it was a two-time attempt for me. First time, it was a total stranger that saved me, just one person. And oftentimes, it is just that one person that makes a difference for many people. And the second time, it was actually my youngest daughter. Uh, she wasn't there to say goodbye to before I decided I was going to try to do this. And she knows today that she actually was instrumental in saving my life. As far as I'm concerned, she did save my life. And we're very, very tight because of that. I have four daughters. And uh, wow. it's, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing to have, you know, four daughters and a son in today's world. Uh, there's lots of people that uh, wish to have children and, and can't. I know I just recently found out that a client of mine, his wife just went through their fourth miscarriage. And I know I just heard you say that you don't normally get into deep conversations, but as far as I'm concerned, if you're not going deep, you're not really making a change in people's lives. You can't really get to the fundamentals if you stay fluffy and, and shallow. So for me, I like to get in there and, and make a difference, make some transformations in people's lives. It's important to me. Right. Well, that that works then because, you know, a lot of the things have kind of been lighter. So we kind of said professional dads, but who is it that you help and, and what are some of the struggles that you're helping them with? Well, I like to help corporate men, uh, men that are running, you know, high pressure because of the way their businesses are, are may or may not be uh, succeeding or floundering, depending on which side of the COVID curve they're on. So I like to help people that are struggling with the way they focus on their future, the way they see their future unfolding, as well as what happens when they walk through the door when they go home. That's that's a big part of, of how we end up approaching work in the first place and business. Right. I mean, and that's a lot, your corporate life, how you're envisioning your future, and then you're coming home and you have all the responsibilities there as well. And the whole idea is I'd like to see every man that I work with and their family, the women that uh, support them, their their daughters, their their wives, their mothers, be in a place where they can be proud of that man that he's you know come through those challenges, that he's faced things, and and still able to come home with a loving heart and and, and open arms, rather than coming home to a cold shoulder and, and a cold plate of food. So it's important. Right. So what would you say then? What are some of the more like digging into it kind of issues that you you help people with, like? I'm coming to you as, as a professional dad. What am, what am I struggling with? What, what am I finally reaching out to a coach for? Well, it could be either mindset or the results of not having a positive mindset. You're either going to be in a place where you're confused, anxious, struggling with how you want to get through your day, or you're confident, but what you're doing isn't working. Uh, so uh, depending on how you approach me, how you share what your story is, I can either guide you with business structure, different forms of productivity, different tools, different approaches. A lot of men don't know how to ask for help. And that's a big thing for someone to come to me and say, hey, man, I need your help. That's the first biggest step. And then we just go from there. Absolutely. I, I think that that's an impediment for a lot of people when it comes to getting a coach. They think that they're, you know, it's weak to ask for help. And I think especially for men, that's something that comes up. Absolutely. 100%. I see that all the time. And of course, once they get to meet me and they realize I'm just like them, I'm, a, I'm another brother. They, they get more relaxed. They realize, oh, wait, I like this guy. I, he can help me. And, and they open up. And like I mentioned earlier, if, if you keep it fluffy, if you keep it shallow, there's not much I can do to help you. It doesn't matter whether it's a mindset thing or a business thing. you got to get down to the brass tacks. Tell me what your real problem is so that I can actually guide you to the top, the next levels and get you there. Absolutely. And so I think uh, probably a lot of people listening would be interested to know, how, how do you get your clients as men to, to open up? On, on these kind of things so that you can work with them. It's, it's, a, it's oftentimes a surprise how easy that is. First of all, I open up and I show them that it's not impossible. And I share with them something that is 
exposes my vulnerability and allows them to realize, wait a second, this guy just shared something powerful with me. How can I not do the same? And it inspires them. I, I see many men start to get misty eyed and like, wow, you know, you do, dude, you just touched on something that really means something with me. And that's my power. That's my, my big stick as some people like to call it, where I've been through a lot. I've been in that place where I've had uh, corporate jobs where the, the company went under the next day, you've got nothing. What do you do that? You know, now you got to go home and you got to deal with the fact that you don't have an income and your family is still relying on you. What do you do? Or you're in a place where you're, you're making big strides and all of a sudden you found that you went to the, in the wrong direction. What do you do? And, and to share anything with another man is first of all, unusual because normally men are not in the, in the, in a rush to share anything because that's societal propaganda, you know, keep it to yourself, be emotionally rigid, if you want to call it that. And, and just, you know, be to yourself, be strong, be the man, you, you, you know, that's what society has taught for so long. And sadly, it's not what men need. Absolutely. I mean, you're human beings too. You have the whole full range of emotions available to you. That's right. Available and knocking at the door and sometimes pounding at the door. And the, the, the crazy thing is that the more you hold them back, the more they affect you and, and you got to be in a place where you can accept them and face them and understand them and let them transform you the way they're meant to transform you to that next level of who you're meant to be. Accept them, grow with them, just, you know, embrace life and let your emotions help you guide. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. That that's how, you know, when I'm working with my clients, a lot of times they'll have emotions that they're, they're trying to repress. And I, I tell them, you know, it's just like lifting weights. You have to get in there and lift them for it to get lighter. It's going to seem like too heavy and too much of an emotion if you never touch it. If you're like, I'm not, I'm not going to pick this up. I'm not going to feel this. And sure. that's how you get stronger, feel, well, allowing we, those emotions. Exactly. And, and the ironic part is when we talk about that is when you try to lock those things away, when you try to freeze them, uh, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of strength just to hold them there because they build, they grow, whether you like it or not. And the more energy you put into that, to that suppression, the less energy you have to live your life. Absolutely. And to show up for the people that, that you love and you want to support. Exactly. And you find yourself always struggling with those anxiety thoughts, those guilt thoughts, you know, I should have done this, I should have done that. Self-judgment is, is massive today. A lot of people are blaming themselves for things that they shouldn't blame themselves for. And it affects our performance. It affects our outlook. It affects our mindset. It affects our health. So, you know, you had mentioned opening up to people. So I was wondering if you could share with us, what are some of the, the mindsets that, you know, you had when you were in a, a suicidal frame of mind? Failure, that I was not good enough, that I, I couldn't do it, or that I hadn't done, had done it so wrong for so long that there was no repairing it, no fixing it. And uh, a sense of hopelessness, uh, being in a place where, you know, why am I here? What, what is my worth? I wasn't able to embrace any other thoughts until I got to that point where I, there was nowhere left but up. I lost everything but my life at that point after uh, the second try. And that the only thing I had left was a, a change of clothes in my vehicle and nothing. And uh, it was one of those where if I wasn't for my vehicle, I'd have been sleeping outside and I might still be homeless. So I'm very thankful that I was able to have the universe teach me that it, it didn't let me go. It wouldn't let me just give up. And that's when I started to realize, wait a second, I've got a message. I have a purpose. I have a mission and I need to embrace that. Wow. And I mean, and, and that's really amazing because everyone can relate to that, that sense of failure, like worried that they're a failure and that they're not good enough. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, you can have all, all different levels of it, <laughs> obviously, but it, it, very it's much. very painful. Like it, those are painful beliefs to have. And it's hard to face. It's hard to talk yourself out of it. And it's hard to be in a place where you can encourage yourself without help, without a coach on your own to actually make that difference. And I, I was actually able to make that difference on my own. And that's when I started to realize, wait a second, if I can do that alone, imagine what I could do if I got a coach, if I got a mentor, if I sought help. And uh, that's when I actually asked for help well past the point where I'd actually made a difference for myself, for my mindset, for my family, for my life. Still working on repairing the damage, of course, that it's, you know, once that damage is done, there's other people who have their thoughts and beliefs that just aren't willing to forgive you yet. So not all of my children have forgiven me. Thankfully that, you know, most of them have, and uh, we are very loving in that regard. But there's still a couple mad at me. And that's, you know, that's another thing that man faces. What about those things that you do or say or didn't do or didn't say that changes the way other people feel about you in, in a very destructive way or a very hurtful way? There's a, there's a lot of, of work to be done in that area, too. For one, you know, if you realize that, forgiving yourself, because that's not going to mend it, right? If you continue to to beat yourself up for, for yet another thing. That's right. That's right. Self-judgment is, is so powerful and it's so hard to see. It's so hard to take yourself away from yourself and actually look at you as an individual without that judgment, without that place of, of you know, that little voice on your shoulder talking in your ear, you know, you're, you're garbage, you're no good. Why did you do this? You know, you, you're just going to make the same mistake again. Why are you even trying? And, and when you listen to that voice, that's when you get deeper and deeper, deeper away from your truth. And of course, a lot of people don't realize that our emotions our, our spiritual connection, that's the, our spirit side speaking to us. And if you're at a low emotional place, that's because you're far away from your own truth. And you need to, it's, it's important that people come to understand that that is our signal. That is our compass for whether we're thinking the right thing or not. Is if we're thinking happy thoughts, then we're obviously in the right place. If we're thinking negative, dirty, you know, guilt-ridden, anxiety, harsh thoughts, then we're in the wrong place. And that we're feeling that because our spirit is saying, hey, now you're thinking the wrong thing. Absolutely. That's another thing I teach people about the, the importance of the emotions. Those are the, you know, the warning signs that let yeah. you know that that's, you're having thoughts that aren't in alignment, aren't working for you. So yeah. if you're actually not used to allowing those emotions, you're going to miss some of those uh, alarms. Well, you know, the amazing part about the human being, our spirit, I mean, we're, we're a, a trichotomy. We're mind, body, and spirit. We're spiritual creatures having a physical experience. The physical experience is all about the contrast away from the spiritual perfection. What is it that we're missing? What is it that we need to learn in order to appreciate that perfection even more? Our life is, there's two ends of the stick and everything, the positive and the negative, the law of polarity. And as a law of attraction coach, as someone that believes very much in source energy, the quantum field, all that sort of stuff, during my meditations, I intent but not obsessed with finding the way to connect with myself so that I can actually separate and be that spiritual person watching that physical experience and, and learn from it. Right. Absolutely. And that's definitely a skill that, that takes some, some time. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> and, and it takes the ironic part is the harder you work at it, the further away you get from it. That's everything you resist persists. You have to go with the flow. Right. You have, have to allow yourself to understand what you're saying to yourself, how you're communicating with you you got to get it right on the inside before you can do anything else. Absolutely. And, you know, I was thinking when you were talking about, you know, men having these, these same thoughts in their head that, that my women clients have females that, you know, I'm not good enough and, and like I'm garbage. I, I think 
it's it's interesting for a man, I would think, because they are typically taught that they're logical, that they're not emotional. So if your logical mind, as you believe it, is telling you that you're a failure and you're worthless, you know, that seems like that would be hard to counteract. <laughs> it's very hard to counteract. I mean, that's what that was the essential mindset that I had that drove me to those lower places. Was I was taught by my dad, he was a World War II fighter pilot, very, very powerful man in the small town we grew up in. He was the mayor, the largest business owner, and he was the secretary of the Lions Club. So he loaned more money than the local bank. And, and <laughs> you know, I, I was of the mind that if I didn't learn how to live my life exactly like him, I was a failure. And I realized that it was the opposite. If I didn't learn to live my life exactly like me, I was a failure. And if I followed the exact patterns of other people, that is the path to failure. Wow. That's a really good, good lesson. Anyone could, can take that and and apply it to their lives and benefit. That's really good. Thank you. (laughs) You're more than welcome. Happy to share that with you. It's, it's what's made a big difference for me. It's my, it's my, uh, it's my steering wheel, if you you want to call it that. So, you know, going through that, you said that it wasn't actually rock bottom where you asked for help that you worked through that. What was the, the that process like for you that like, how did you end up here then where you are as a coach for, for others? When the, that part of me came to realize there was a lot of different activities or I should say circumstances at different points in my life that all of a sudden started to connect and the message came to, it was like there was gaps that were being filled and, and the message finally clicked. I, I reconnected with a suppressed memory at a certain point in my life that was much previous, like decades previous to this, this circumstance where I had lost my job and, and tried to start another business and, and failed at those couple of businesses and been in that place where I thought, you know, there's, okay, dad, I've, I've done everything you've taught me to do and all I am is miserable and a failure. So what am I doing wrong? That's when it started to click for me. Wait a second. I'm trying to live my life like someone else's life. I'm not trying to live my life like myself. And that's when I started to look on the inside and started to see the truth of who I am. When that truth, that personal, that undeniable truth of who I am started to break through and I started to let it break through, well, man, the journey became just a bucket of crying. Like, wow, what have I done to myself? And what have I done to all those people that rely on me? And what damage have I caused? Who cares? I got to fix me. Let's move. Let's do it. Wow. That's really powerful. And I'm glad that that you were able to, to come to that place. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, yes, me most of all. (laughs) Right? Just share, just consider this. So I was at a place uh, a little while ago where one of my mentors, uh, one of their lessons that they try to teach with all their their, uh, followers, the people that they coach and help is go back in your life, Dean, and say to yourself, what would you change? What part of your life would you change? And because of my, what I've been through and the powerful purpose and undeniable truth of who I am, being where it is, found it rock solid right now and never will change now. Instantly, I said, there's nothing I want to change because if I changed anything, I won't be who I am. And how can I possibly provide this powerful service to anybody if I wasn't able to provide it to myself first? Absolutely. that That's very true. And so what are some of the things that, that you've helped your clients through? I've actually saved many men from suicide to be honest. Uh, I've saved many men from self-doubt to the point where they wanted to split up with their wives. I, I've saved many men from the place where they thought that their children were hopeless to the realization that their children were just struggling like they were. And their own role modeling was the source of their children's struggle. And then they had to do a pivot in order to change not only themselves, but their how the, the people that count on them 
perceive them and actually do that role change and, and change that vibrational energy and change that perspective that other people have. Because a lot of men don't realize they're being watched. And not only are they being watched, but they're being followed. They're being they're, they're a role model for many, many people, if not all the people that are in their lives. And if they're not a good role model, then they're causing damage, not only to themselves, but the people that are trying to role model themselves as, you know, either these people are going to follow you or they're going to wish they hadn't. And, and it's it's just amazing the, the message that has for our own awareness when you start to embrace it. I mean, that's really great. Like the suicide, obviously, you know, helping people through marital issues. I think we kind of be like, oh, yeah. I'm, men, women, we have marital issues. And then all the way into parenting, I don't really hear a lot about, you know, people helping men with parenting, with, you know, being the best dad that they can be. It's, it's important because the dad figure, the father figure, many, many people talk about it. When they end up in a psychologist's chair, they don't realize that my father did this. My father didn't do that. And a lot of who they are, who they think they are now is based on what their father did or did not do. And it's amazing how many people don't accept that as a father, that they're what they're doing, what they're saying, how they're conducting themselves with their children, what they're teaching their children or not teaching their children is it has a massive impact on how those individuals, we're not meant to raise children. We're meant to cultivate them, understand who they're meant to be and help them become that. Don't try to mold them into a version of yourself. That is absolutely atrociously wrong. To try to force another individual has a strong spirit. I mean, right now, one of my daughters has one of the most strong spirits you would ever experience. And when I stopped being there to guide her, she turned hateful on me because I wasn't there for her anymore. And and I know she feels that it's that I did that to her. We all know as fathers, and I had a bad relationship with my own father, and he had to die before I came to the place where I realized that he only did the best he could with what he had at the time. He didn't know because he didn't have anybody to show him any better because his dad died when he was nine. So he didn't even have a father figure to go by. Now, thankfully, his dad didn't die from suicide or from, you know, it was a natural cause that that caused him to die. But that lack of, of guidance, that lack of stability, that lack of just understanding what it means to be a man and be a father wasn't there for my father and he couldn't pass it on to me. Right. Absolutely. And that's a good point, you know being able to understand your role as a father, as well as the influences you that you've had, but also that everyone's doing the best that they can with what they have at the time. 100%, 100%. And there's a lot of people that don't accept that about other people. They say, I hate so-and-so, or I'm so mad at so-and-so for doing what, I mean, let's get serious. There isn't a soul on this planet that sits at the kitchen table the night before they meet you planning how they were going to mess up your day. It doesn't happen that way right? They just, it just does not happen that way. People get the wrong perception that, hey, that person did such and such to me because they hate me. No, they didn't. They weren't even thinking about you at the time. They were trying to survive for themselves. It has nothing to do with you. It's not all about you. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Yeah. It hurts to hear that, but it's, it couldn't be any more true. And that's something that I think most people struggle with is, you know, realizing that no matter what it seems like they just did to you, it was completely about them. <laughs> right. And, and <laughs> not about you. Are, that's right. That's, it had nothing to do with them. And of course, after they do it and realize what they've done to you because of how they acted or didn't act or, or what they said or didn't say, that's when they come to the place of awareness about what they've done to you. And then as a man, in many cases, our ego won't let us do anything about it. We won't even say sorry. 
And that's one of the biggest lessons I learned about my kids was I, when I learned to say sorry to my kids when I was raising them about making a mistake as their father and come to them afterwards and say, you know what, honey, I, I messed up. Uh, that was not the right thing for me to do as your dad. I'm sorry I did that. How can I help? Like, how can I make that better? What can I do or not do in the future to, to never do that to you again? And that that's also, you know, it takes strength and confidence to be able to do that. Well, it takes self-love to start with. If you don't love yourself, how can you learn to love others, right? Absolutely. And, you know, even as a coach, I'm always surprised, you know, because that's one of the ways that I, I present my coaching is self-compassion. Mm-hmm. And when I, you know, first started doing that and I had men come to me and they were like, I would like to learn self-compassion. I was just like, men want to learn self-compassion? Like, can you believe that? Like, I, I thought that that, that was a, a very biased thought that I had, but that is actually the thought that I had. So if I was thinking that, it's hard, I would think, for men to reach out and get, you know, no one's told them about self-compassion and how, how to, you know, love yourself. So, you know. We're taught to embrace uh, aggressiveness as an answer. And aggressiveness is not any path to self-fulfillment, to self-awareness. Because what it does is it teaches you to fight your truth. And if you're fighting your truth, you're not about to find any way to accept it. Because what right. resists persists, as we know. And you're in that place of self-struggle where you're struggling with your own ego, with your own thoughts, with your own beliefs. It's, it's the nasty hamster's wheel. It really is. It really is. Yeah. So, and it can be hard to understand that you can have what appears to be confidence, but it's really like more of a self-esteem, like a, a comparison, like I'm good at this because I'm better than others, which is not self-compassion at all. And it, it that creates aggression and you know that feeling of of being attacked when we're not the best and i think that that's something that's not really taught to anyone but especially to men and how to you know how to process that and how to have that confidence and compassion instead of esteem competition comes to mind as you as you say that and for me competition belongs in sport not in life or business now yes you want to be able to have a good business a good quality revenue income, you want to have good products that serve the customers, you know, provide a solution to the customer. But it's not about the numbers. It's about the effect you have on other people's lives. And a lot of men that come to me with with business problems, with personal problems, they don't realize that what they're doing, the end result of what they're doing, what they're thinking has to have a positive effect on the people's lives that they're trying to change, that they're trying to help. If you can't create a positive effect with, with and take the numbers out of it and have a positive effect, then you're not going to be a success. Absolutely. And that's a huge mindset shift away from, I would think, the, the monetary or the numbers and to, to how you can serve and how you can help others. If you follow the numbers, you can cause a lot of damage. For example, we, as a corporate approach with a, with a uh, balance sheet in front of you, are losing money. We need to get rid of employees in order to get our balance sheet back on track. That is damaging that is damaging. It will it will help your bottom line temporarily, but it will not help your business future. It does not comply to your mission. It doesn't bring you to a place of making the remaining employees have faith in what you're doing. It puts them in a place of, oh, when's it my turn? When am I getting chopped? And do I really care? Like, look, they don't care about them. So they, how can they care about me? Now you're not going to perform your best. Now you're not going to give your all. And it's been proven. They've done studies that in eight hours of work as an employee, at best, you're going to put in three to four hours of actual quality production. Think of that. That's less than 
Wow. Mm-hmm. And that's because of a mindset that doesn't support the corporate mission, the corporate approach to the employee's relationship with the management, with the end result of the product, of the process, of, of what they're asked to do, how they're asked to do it, how they're punished. I mean, I watched one employee who had the greatest record of all and was amazing at a particular task. They had had the skill to combine three jobs into what they did and do it on their own with efficiency, without stress, without anxiety, just because they had that skill set. The person was late once, once, and a manager with a bad attitude jumped on them, punished them, destroyed that, and took them away from that position to the point where that employee no longer wanted to even go back to that job, even though they loved it, simply because that manager was an a-hole about it. That job position has not been adequately processed or approached or taken care of in three years. It's taken 20 people that all say, no, I can't do this. And they all come back to this particular person and say, hey, will you help us? Guess which finger goes high and high and strong when that when they do that? And they're, they're getting, <laughs> no, I will not help you. You are done as far as I'm concerned, right? Think Absolutely. about, that. If, Think about if, that. if they're not invested, they're not going to, you know, put in the, the work to, to help the company. They jammed them so bad. And now that, that employee is so jaded. And, and the only reason they're there is for the per hour rate. And they do not do their best ever. And they never will again because of that one manager's approach that one time and how, how, how it turned out in the end. It's how you treat your people. It's not how much you pay them. It's not how it's not about the numbers. It's about the relationship. Exactly. 100%. I, I, I agree with that as someone who's been an employee, 100%. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I'll tell you right now, as a former employee working on a manufacturing uh, printing press, the, the supervisor that I followed was the one that had compassion for what we were doing and what we were, what we were trying to do as a team, not as like, you're going to do this because I said so. And I don't care how you feel. I don't care what you think. You're just going to do it. Think of it. Which one would you respond better to? I responded to the one that said, Hey man, what's the, what's the challenge today? What can I do to help you? As opposed to, I don't care what your problems are. Just get the numbers there. That's a huge problem, especially with COVID going on right now. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. People have so abandoned the truth. As human beings, we're supposed to be human. There is no number in the human being. It's all about the relationship. We are creatures of connection. We are connected to our spirit through emotion. We're connected to the source as our life force. We are connected to individuals. That's why we get married and have partners and have children. It's all about the connection. It's got nothing to do with numbers. People live with nothing. Where's the number? Zero is a number. (laughs) Right. And yet there they are living happily because they have nothing. It's got nothing to do with the numbers. And yet many, many, many companies focus only on the numbers and wonder why they're getting worse and worse results. Absolutely. That's a great point and very important for people who are wanting to to be successful in their business in the corporate world. So we talked a bit about parenting and business. What are some of the like relationship issues or mindsets that that come up with your clients? Connection without guilt, I would say, as, as, as in a general sense. And what I mean by that is you've been through, you've gone through your day. Let's just say you, one spouse is working here. The other spouse is working there. You've each had your experiences through the day. And when you finally are in the same location together, which would be home, you're not communicating. You, you, you know, one person's had a good day. The other person's had a crap day. And the connection is fractured simply because of what they've experienced from external sources through that day. If they don't put effort into reconnecting, into rebonding that natural connection that they had back in 
whenever they decided to become a partner or a pair, it's going to get worse. The, the crack is going to widen. And the answer to that is to be in a place where the first thing you need to do is drop what happened to you that day and embrace what happened to the other individual that day. Your children, your spouse, your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, whatever it is, it's not about you. It's about us. It's about us as human beings. The connection is key. It doesn't matter whether you lost money, made money, uh, you know, had a flat tire, got stuck in traffic, you know, the boss crapped on you that day. That's not the point. The point is you came home to a group and a family and, a, and people that love you, and you need to nurture that. And if you can't find a way to nurture that, then you've chosen to fracture it. Absolutely. And, and that's definitely a process as well to learn how to, you know, manage your day that you've had as well as, you know, switching into, hey, I'm not in that anymore. I'm home now, with, like you that's said, right. with, with these people that love me. One of the one of the things I teach is, is a transitional meditation. It's a short meditation. And it's about, we all know that three deep breaths signals the body and mind that you're about to meditate or do something meaningful. I take those, you know, breathing, like Wim Hof says, is, is key. And our body is physically signaled for per spiritual performance. So things that happen to us physically determine what, how we respond to our physical, excuse me, spiritual connection. And when we are in a place where we're letting the external decide what our decisions are going to be, what our feelings are going to be, we've totally, totally abandoned our inner truth. And there's no success in that. We've got to go back to the inside. So when that in this transitional meditation, what the idea is, before you switch to something, let's just, for example, say you've had a rough drive home. Before you go in that house and take in the traffic issues, stop, breathe release those tensions, release those, those judgments, release those stresses by choice. Choose to say, get out, take a breath of life and exhale the crap until you feel more like yourself again. And then when you get to that place where there's a little more calm, a little less stress, a little less anxiety, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be half an hour, just a couple minutes, breathing, being intent on getting rid of that stress, release. Then you're at that place of calm. You're back to your inner, you know, that balance, or at least closer to it. Now, reset your intention. Give yourself the opportunity to say, okay, so the thing I'm going to do next is one of the most important things in my life. And it's got nothing to do about that guy cutting me off. It's got nothing to do about running out of gas. It's got nothing to do about what the boss did to me. It's got everything to do with where I am going to be next. And set your intention to embrace that and be your best when you walk through that door. I love that. I'm going to start doing that <laughs> when like I get charm. home. <laughs> it works like a charm. I mean, even before you start your drive, if you know you've got a like driving on a crazy highway, understand that that's going to happen. You're going to go driving on a crazy highway. That person did not sit at the kitchen table the night before waiting for Lisa Oglesby to get to me in that spot and cut her off. <laughs> it doesn't happen, right? They're, they're distracted. They're tired. They're changing the radio station. They dropped their cigarette. Who knows? You don't know what's going on, but they certainly didn't cut you off because they wanted to cut you off, right? Embrace that truth and your life will so much calm down. You will so much drop anxiety and you will be so much more peaceful. Um, seriously, honestly, if you do that transitional meditation, I mean, let's just say you have meetings. Do the transitional meditation before each meeting between meetings do it before you walk into the building and then do it between each meeting do it between each client every relationship involves a certain amount of stress perception anxiety based on what just happened and you don't want to take that definition or that judgment into the next relationship you want to go in there free open who you're meant to be who you really are 
and be authentic. Absolutely. That's a great point. And, and, you know, like you said, every situation already, you know, it has its own inherent stresses. And if you're bringing all of the rest from that's rolled over from every situation leading up to that, it's going to be a, a stressful day for you. It's going to be a snowball of hell. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> snowball of hell. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know snow doesn't last long in hell, but no, these snowballs do. <laughs> yeah. They're very, they're very tough snowballs. Yeah. Yeah. Very durable. <laughs> it's only because of the strength you're putting into it as you go. Remember what I said, right? When you, when you put that energy into that suppression or into that support or that resistance, that's where your energy goes. You can't receive any other energies until you release that energy. Absolutely. I've actually been thinking about something that I struggle with as part of my anxiety lately that, that connects to that perfectly is, you know, having this this stressful or, you know, driven kind of busy job that you make all these decisions and do all these things all day. And then I come home and my partner gives me three or four options for dinner. And I'm just like, I, I don't know. Okay. I just can't. And he's like, why can't you pick something? Just what do you want to eat? I don't know. <laughs> and it's like, you said, it's, like, yeah, it's like, I can't make one single decision more. I'm just spent. And, and if and that's how that, how you're saying, like, if you're trying right? yeah. to hold it in all that stress, you're not going to have anything left. That's right. And if you are able to release that incrementally as you go, let the stress come in. Accept it for what it is. It's not about you. Hold your balance. Hold your true self. And then do that transition at the end of it. Before you go to the next one, you'll start open, fresh, authentic. Let the stresses build. Understand they're not about you. Next transition, release them. Reset your intention back to your balance. When you come home, you're going to walk in that door. Baby, I'm home. Big hug, right? I'm so happy to not be in that garbage pit anymore today. What are we having for supper? Oh, these are the options. You know what? I've been thinking about that, and I'd like to have this. You right. are going to perform so much better. You are going to build your relationship. You are going to heal those fractures. You're going to leave those stresses behind, and your relationships are going to flourish. And if you've got children watching you, what are you teaching them? Right. In both cases, pick pick one. Pick a contrast. <laughs> if you're coming in as a, as a monster or you're coming in as a, an angel, your kids are learning how to be either one, depending on what you're role modeling. That's a great point, too. They're seeing that that's, that's what happens. You come home from work and you're just in a bad mood and you're stressed and you, that's what they're going to model. Right. Right. And that kind of reminds me of a joke. I don't know how do you feel about jokes. Am I Am I open to share a short joke? I love not, jokes. <laughs> okay, so here we go. So this man comes home from work one day and he says to his wife as he comes in the door, he says, hey, baby, I'm home. How about a beer before it starts? And she's thinking, okay, well, let's, here's your beer. Thank you so much. And poof, down the beer goes. And, you know, he's sitting down and relaxing and he says, okay, baby, that was a good beer. How about another beer before it starts? So she goes and gets him another beer and he drinks that beer a little more slowly, finishes that beer and says, okay, honey, how about another beer before it starts? And she, as a way back on the third beer, he's, she starts to say, like, what is, like, what is going on with you? What are you going to go? And this and that and this and that. And then he says, it starts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Boyfriend's going to love that job. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
that that's perfect. I, that's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> and that that fits what we've been talking about quite well, I think. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what you're conditioned and ready for. It's, right? it's going to happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love Thanks that. Thanks for share that, by the way. I don't often tell a joke during a podcast, but I enjoyed that. <laughs> I'm glad you did. That that definitely made if the the episode was already like value packed and now it's funny. So it's <laughs> it's since it's peaked. Those who are interested in connecting with you now, how how can they reach you? How can people you know learn more or work with you? Absolutely. So I have uh, I'll give you information for your show notes. I'm hoping you have show notes. I'll I'll send my link in. Yes, uh, absolutely. And uh, I have my website is www.mypersonalreality.ca. I would just love for you to check in on my website to see the true me. You can connect with me from my website. My email address is coachdean at mypersonalreality.ca. And in those two places, I can, I'll share my website, excuse me, my Facebook, Earl with you, put in the show notes, but reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to uh, share a joke to get you on the right side and the light side, <laughs> and then lead you down to the path of being at balance with yourself. It'd be my great pleasure to teach you how to, be more you and, and to make your business grow and scale. I'm happy to do that. Absolutely. And thank you for, for your, your time today. We all appreciate you sharing all this valuable experience and, and information that you brought. And again, for those of you listening who this is, you know, connected with you, please do reach out to, to coach Dean and, you know, take that step and don't be afraid just go for it and you won't regret it and just go out and, and live, live more vibrantly. Absolutely. Thank you, uh, Lisa. I really appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you. <laughs>